What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Answer me this. How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. And right now you can save over $500 on any queen or king bundle. That includes a Nectar mattress, foundation, mattress protector, cooling pillows, and sheet set, as well as our 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com slash save 500 and get hugged. Someone you'll be familiar with if you listen to Fancast regularly, and uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Metallica UK. Uh, Matt, how you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you, and, and thanks for coming on board. We're still relatively in the early days of this series, but as I was really trying to outline there, we're trying to get as many people on, as many fans involved, really just to talk about their own individual relationship with the club, the highs and the lows, and hopefully bring you. Um, yeah, some content, uh, content in, in these strange times. So how's things generally at the moment for yourself? Yeah, it's not bad, to be fair. Um, being forced to kind of do different things, it's been a bit of a blessing. I've kind of revamped my love for cycling again, um, partly to my financial disadvantages. I'm looking at a new bike now because I'm cycling <laughs> so much. Um, so that will hit my bank account fairly soon, I think, I hope. <laughs> And then you went to the Mollinger recently on your bike as well, didn't you? That's it. And I'm, uh, you know, I might I, I cycled there just to see how quickly I would get there. And thinking, in in an ideal world, I'll cycle to the games. I won't have to get the bus back. But then I don't know how I'll feel after five or six beers cycling back uphill <laughs> back to Ashford Park. So I'm not sure really. So what we'll do, we'll start as we always do at, at the beginning, really. And and um, in terms of Mollinger, what was your first experience of Mollinger? Sort of. Uh, how, how did that uh, start for yourself? Well, I had to think about this. Really, I had to think about this a lot because the first game I recall going to was Wolves uh, played Reading and we won 3-1. I think it was the 98 season, 97-98, mm-hmm. I think. Now, none of my family are into football really at all. My, my dad certainly isn't. So I went with my uncle and my dad. So that's the first time I'd ever been to a game. And it was the first time in reality I'd ever been to anywhere that had that mass amount of people in it and I just remember feeling really overwhelmed by the occasion and the amount of people that were there and the hustle and bustle of everything and I don't know why this is in my head but I remember half time we went to a kiosk and I had a Twix in my back pocket and the Twix (laughs) fell out 
and somebody like tapped me on the shoulder and gave me the Twix back. And I just thought to myself, wow, everyone's like super nice here. And everyone, we're all here for the same thing. And, and then we won 3-1. And I think, I think Don Goodman scored a brace, I believe. Um, and that was, it was just, it, it was really, really vague. And I, I didn't go to another game for a while after that, but I just remember going thinking, wow, this is, this is a really big occasion. Like it was just a run of the mill league game. And for Reading, I think, they were fighting relegation, but at the time, it just felt like the biggest thing ever because it was like the largest event I'd ever been to. And I think this is, I mean, fully enough, Reading sort of in, in that area, like you say, they, I suppose they weren't a top side, but they're a bit of a bogey side for us, actually, sort of through, through, through the 90s. But you, you mentioned there in terms of um, not all the family sort of um, been in, into the footy as such, and your uncle took you along with your dad. Do you remember, was it yourself who sort of forced that? Were you sort of keen in football at school and wanted to go? Or Yeah, because I, I remember growing up, me and my brother both had that iconic, um, like, bully wall shirt, as it's known, uh, the 96 to 98. And I remember my mum was on what I assume was 107.7 The Wolf at the time. <laughs> I remember those I, days, I'd, like, yeah. I'd like a phone in, and the guy on the phone, whoever it was, was like, we were in the background. He asked us who we supported and we shouted walls. And, mm-hmm. and I think it must have been that we'd have, I'd have said to my uncle, can we, can we go to a game? And he already, he was going, had season tickets and that and still goes now. Um, and, and we went, but yeah, it was just, uh, I, I could see it like it was yesterday, but then I just, it's just bizarre to think back about it. It, it is mad though, and it's kind of what I was speaking to Andy before, and this is kind of what I want to get over with the series because the, the, the finer details are, are there in terms of the history book, in terms of um, you know the score and, and how how sort of you know the team played on that particular day and who we were up against. But to, to me, football there's, there's so much more that goes around, and it's the atmosphere, as you say, that first experience of going into a big crowd. It's kind of like shit. Is this what it's all about? And is and it's kind of that experience of. Um, you know, up until that stage, really, you, you, you're not going to get that sort of fantastic sort of live atmosphere. Um, so that was sort of your, your your first experience. Where were you sitting for for that first game? Do you remember? Oh, I I, I, I want to say the South Bank, but the South Bank was it as the South Bank then? I'm trying to think. Like I know it was behind the goal, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, all I can tell you is it was behind the goal again. I was. Um, I was just delighted to be there, to be fair. <laughs> um, and then that, I didn't get to go to another, I went, I think I went really periodically after that, like to just one, one game or, or another until I was firmly into secondary school. And mm. then um, one of my close friends, Rob, who's a Leicester fan and fan cast fan, I might add. Um, <laughs> he took me with his old man to my first away game, even though I was in the home end. At what was the, oh, Walker, okay. was the Walker Stadium? Um, yeah, yeah. That was a dour nil-nil draw with Leicester um, in 2004. I think that was. Um, so there's quite a, it's quite late into following football that I went to my first away game, but that that started a run of going to pretty much every time Wolves played Leicester, I'd go to the home and away fixture with my friend Rob, and we'd sit in the he'd sit in the home end for Wolves, and I'd sit in the home end for Leicester. So I remember going to the um, the game where we, I think, we clinched the playoffs four-one when we beat them at their place. But again, I was in. Yes. Yeah, I was in the. Yeah. Uh, I was in their home end, so I was firmly quiet and looked dismayed. But secretly, I was, you know, jumping for joy. 
I think I was in the lane that day, but I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that because that first game nil nil it was probably easy to be quite quiet, but I don't think I've ever done that experience of being a away fan, you know, in in sort of the home end. Um, I guess you know you're probably a little bit younger then, so it's probably different sort of discussion now. But I just, well, I know, I've never been able to do that. that. It's kind of... So was it? I don't think it was. Yes, it would have been last season. The first game of the season was Leicester and we lost 2-0, I think it was. Um, yeah. So I was, was in the home end at Leicester for that, okay. uh, again with my friend Rob. And um, the, it was the funniest thing because for these people, these might be new season ticket holders that they're sat next to. And, and so people just want to start talking to the people next to them and mm. you know trying to build up friendships because they're going to be sat next to them for the rest of the season. So I had this guy talking to me for the entire game like saying <laughs> how good they were playing and I was just there going yeah great yeah doing great through like gritted teeth um and yeah I just I, I just remember it and then because we absolutely dominated Leicester in that game but we still lost and yeah, um did, did Doc score and get disallowed or something I think, like that oh, God, yeah, yeah I think I know we yeah. hit the bar after like the first like, yeah, five minutes that's as well, right that's right yeah <laughs> it's it's funny is it really just sort of that sort of first game because I remember when I had a season ticket um, for a number of years, and um, <laughs> that that sort of first game, it's like first day at school. It, and, and what I mean by that is, if it's a new season, it's like right, who am I going to literally be oh, sitting yeah. next to for the next six months? Yeah, and 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 that's the most weird thing. And it's funny actually because I, I I was acquainted with someone on on Twitter recently who sat behind me for like fifteen years, didn't oh, know really? his name or anything <laughs> like that. But, and it was brilliant, and and it's it is such a, it's such a strange thing, sort of having a season ticket. Because it's like, okay, right, this is what we're in for this year. But um, yeah, I've I've never done this sort of the away fan sitting at home, end. but I suppose if you've got that mutual friend, um, though, actually, I tell a lie. One of my first games I went to was St James's Park before it was developed, and I was that was really young, and that was sort of in in the home end. But okay, so that's sort of sort of first. Away experience, first home. So, you, you talked about going regular. What was the first season you remember where you were sort of a regular as such? And I hate that term, but you know what I mean. Where you... Yeah, absolutely. It, it would have been um, kind of because I wasn't going with family when I was kind of financially able to pay for it myself, basically. So, we're talking when I was first started really earning money around kind of 16, 17. So, it would have been um, the Mick McCarthy promotion season. It was mm. when I was going the most. And then I was living, uh, where was it? I was living on Dunkley Street in Whitmarines when I yeah. was in the first year of uni. So I was literally, I could see Molyneux from a window uh, and I was living there. So I was going all the time. I had my NUS card, which got me like student <laughs> prices. So I was going all the time. So that, so that season where we did the double over Spurs, I remember that really well. And I think we beat Chelsea that season. And, and we, we had a really topsy-turvy, very Wolves-like season in that we beat the top teams and lost to the bottom teams. Um, mm. So when I, when, I was fir- when I was just leaving school, first going to university was kind of the first regular season where I went to the majority of home games. Um, when I was kind of just earning money so I could pay for it myself. And, and I asked this Andy last week because it, do, it does intrigue me, you know, people's routines on a match day. Well, the obvious uh, you've probably answered the first question. Obviously, you'd walk to the games, with being where you would. Would you? Would you kind of have a routine? Would you go to a pub beforehand? Did you get to the same one? Did you kind of? 
Well, <laughs> the student house that we lived in was very much a uh, football manager and Mario Kart double dash till four or five in the morning <laughs> kind of household. So waking up was about midday in this house. Um, so the routine was pretty much get up, have a few cans in the house uh, and then just walk to the ground, really, because we I was living off student loans. So I was trying to keep it as cheap as possible. Um, mm. And that was kind of the routine. Like we get up, we watch like the beginnings of soccer Saturday, if it was a Saturday game and um, like play football manager, we'd all be sat all four of us with laptops just playing and uh, and then go to the game and then come back and pretty much just talk about football, watch football until we went out on the night, which just was the routine every single weekend. <laughs> Brilliant. And obviously sort of that, that seat, that, you know, McCarthy era was, was a fantastic era, but um, we we always ask in terms of sort of high, highs and lows. At what point did you kind of think, or what's been your lowest moment as a Wolves fan? I'll put it that way. Um, the, the, there's two there's two lines of thought when I was thinking about this. There's there's definitely the lowest moment, and then there's one of the times where I felt the most fed up. One mm. of the lowest moments was obviously the the double dip relegation and um, in the championship um, season when I think it was three nil we lost to Peterborough. I want to say. Um, was it Peter? I think it was. And I just remember sitting there thinking to myself, this is it now. Like we weren't mathematically relegated, but it just had all the signs of it. And I just thought to myself, wow, this is a real fall from grace from the, you know, <sighs> match of the day and, uh, and, you know, playing as Wolves on FIFA in the Premier League and everything else. Like, this is wow, we're going to be in, in, in League One now and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. And I really felt at that mm. point, you know, um, it wasn't so much a, well, I'm not going to go to any more games and I'm going to throw my season ticket away or anything like that because it's just, it, it meant more to me than that because I know I went to Wolverhampton Uni and Wolverhampton for me is, is very much, I know there is Monte Carlo and I know there's Las Vegas, but you know, I really, I really love the city that I live in. Um, so it was never a choice of not going to watch them anymore, but I just felt like oh, this is going to be a struggle. This is going to be more... Um, a chore than it is a pleasure um, but I remember the most fed up I've ever been to a game um, in the championship season uh, not the, the one before so the one where Kenny Jacket was excuse, uh, relieved of his services we drew nil-nil to Preston away and I'd set we'd set off really early really early for it but there was an oil spill on the M6 so we were stuck on the M6 for about four hours. By the time we got there, I couldn't have a beer. Straight to the game. <laughs> Awful nil-nil draw. We parked about an hour away. Had to walk back and got home. And I was just like, sack this. I'm going to bed. This has just been awful. And I just, I just remember it's just <laughs> one of those like really low days. And, and you know, my well, she was my girlfriend at the time, my wife now. Um, it was like, you know, why do you do it? Like, why do you put yourself through it? And I, just, I didn't really have the answers for her. But, you know, I suppose it's... it's it's the sacrifices you make, isn't it? it it's true, and and I, and I think you know with those sort of two sort of thought processes there, I think the rides will be split because for, for me, there's 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 feeling low and feeling God, we are shit and we're in the shit and where are we <laughs> going to get back from this? And there's that, but also there's the apathy as well. So you know, for me, it was really low, sort of the double, you know, relegation, but. It, it was the apathy, for for example, for me was sort of the Glen Hoddle era. Yeah. Worse than feeling low when you just kind of feel 
you shrug your shoulders when there's no reaction, if that makes sense. Because yeah, when it's brilliant, you get a reaction. And when it's like really shit, it's like it, it fires you up. But when you just don't give a shit, that's, do you know what I mean? That's kind of the worst, yeah. really. And, and, and that's kind of when, if you're a meandering kind of mid-table team, that can kick in a little bit more, I guess, than others. You know, if you are fighting relegation, and by no means no club wants to be there, but at least there is that drama nearly every week because a good runner, you know, a good run, you're out of it, etc. But the apathy, like you say, can be a killer. And fought, well, certainly in the last few years, there hasn't really been that, which which has been, you know, really good. And I think as well, you know, you know, um, we all have those individual moments where it's a nil-nil or we, I don't know, we, we, we have a horrendous journey going or coming back and you think, God, why am I doing this? And you kind of have to rationalise it in your head and you can't do a degree, but... I think it's interesting what you say about having sort of pride in the city and stuff, because I don't know about you, but I, I think we're probably similar in that. Often I feel like I'm a bit of a guardian for the city, that I, you know, yeah. that I yeah. can slate it and can say it's shit and can say, but I feel very protective, and I think the football club forms part of that, you know. Um, no, I agree with you 100%, and, you know, I've lived... I've lived in Whitmarines, I've, I live in Ashmore Park, I've lived in Lower Penn. So I've lived in like very, you know, different, what you would call nicer areas and not so nicer areas, Wolverhampton. And I just wouldn't trade it for anything because it, it is home and it's really cliched. I know it is, but, you know, it's just, it's just what I love. You know, I had a really great teenage years growing up, underage drinking in town. And I had like, I just, I've, I've always loved the city and it's just natural that the team comes with that for me. And I think a big part of that, and it's pretty, it probably sounds cliche. Well, I don't know if it does. It's, it's actual. It's a fact. It's the fact that the ground is where it is. The, the yeah. ground is essentially yeah. just off Whitmarines, and it is the heart of the city. And you know that will be a discussion. And I don't know. You know, people might be looking back at, at, and listening to this in, in, in times gone by. But if they they live in the present now, where we are, sort of being Molyneux in this journey, it's like. What's going to come with it? Because you don't want to lose that sort of soul for me and that sense of, of being at a one city club and, you know, being really at the heart of things, I think is, is massive. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you've only got to go to places like Newcastle to see how how great that city is by having St. James's firmly smack bang in the middle of the city. And it becomes its culture. And, and watching, um, you know, Sunderland Till I Die and those clubs that, idolize their those cities sorry that idolize their teams um you know it, it does play a massive part and that's what it felt like for me growing up and that's what it feels like now and it's you know it's just part it's it's, it's you know it's part of the city it's it's on well the official thing is it's on Wolverhampton Monopoly so that's <laughs> good, good enough for me and I think you know we talked there about you know um this you know back onto sort of on, on the field masses and you know we touched on a couple of low moments so We'll be hearing about your high moments um, following the club after this. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see... A bloody good website. I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website 
and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. Okay, so touching really, I mean, we're in a good place at time of recording. We, we know that uh, in terms of where Wolves are. I know football's on pause at, at the moment, but, you know, the last couple of years has been really phenomenal. But um, I guess, you know, on, on this series, things are good now, but what was the point when you thought, God, this is the best, uh, you know, best feeling as a Wolves fan that you've had to date? It could be a single moment, or it could yeah. be what? What would you kind of collapse up there as kind of like God? This is this is really good, and and this is worth the nil nil against Preston. Yeah. Well, take because I want this to be more of a retrospective than than immediately current. So taking the two one United oh. FA Cup game out of it, um, I'll set the scene. We lost four nil to Barnsley on a Tuesday night, um, and then we had Newcastle who were who were league leaders. Um, on the Saturday. So I went up with my friend uh, Tom and my friend Rob uh, came to the game uh, just because he very much just likes to be around football. And um, our friend Tendai as well. We went up to the game. We had some drinks in the car on the way up, except for the designated driver, of course. We went, we went, stopped at Durham Services. We had some drinks there. We get into the city of Newcastle. Now, I've never been to Newcastle ever. Oh, um, that's great. City, but but I'd, I'd heard how great in hospitality, you know, the hospitality is mm. amazing. People are really nice. The first experience was a bus driver pulling in front of us, winding his windows down and said, I'm not going to do the accent because it will be awful. Um, but he goes, you've come all this way to watch your team lose, lads. And then started laughing and drove off. <laughs> it, didn't feel, it didn't feel malicious. It just felt like no. funny. We had a laugh. And anyway, probably the drunkest I've ever been at a game. And that doesn't necessarily mean fun, but it was one of the drunkest I've been at the game. We'll get up the flight of stairs. I need an inhaler. And yeah. the chance for John Daddy Bod Varson was starting. And I could just feel the atmosphere was amazing. We beat them 2-0. It was not expected. It was expected an absolute tonking. And just at that second goal and throughout the whole game in the gods at St. James's, I just, up to that point, never felt happier at a football game. It was just magic that day. Like the whole thing mm-hmm. from getting up at the crack of dawn, traveling all the way to Newcastle, having loads of drinks, the, the the chance in the on the concourse the two nil win when we should have when by all accounts should have lost on paper and it was just it was just magic like I can't begin to tell you how much I enjoyed that game and it's the second you know the second um, happiest memory following as a Wolves fan for me for what was you know just an away win there was no major uh, implications of the game mm. it was just in, in that really topsy turvy Walter Zenger period but. I just really, really enjoy it. And to, 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 you know, to the day I die, I'll, I'll never think of that as anything other than a really good experience. Was, was that the same game with the say Shelby incident? Was that? Had that already happened? No, I think, I think, uh, no, I think it had. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Um, Someone will correct kind of us, hard. but yeah, we're recollecting yeah. to bear with us. But, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, Newcastle, it's it's one of those cities and, and people will relate to the story there about those flights of stairs who've ever been to St James's Park. 
I mean, you get a, a decent view of the, the city, literally, don't you, up there? Yeah. Um, but, you know, an I- iconic stadium. So, w- would you say sort of that, that was at the first point you kind of in your sort of walls, well, as a single moment then, would you say, sort of up there and... I remember, um, I remember the uh, Leeds game at Ellen Road where we beat them two one. I think the season before or the season before that, Leon Clark scored the winner in the eighty fifth minute, and that I remember that because that was the first time I'd ever been to Ellen Road, and I remember the crowd. Um, the crowd were great for for Leeds as you expect them to be, and mm. I just remember it just it because it was Leeds. It just felt it just felt amazing at the time. Um, and I remember the chance of um, if Leon scores were on the pitch and all of that, and then Leon Clark scores the winner, and, and that was amazing. And that was followed, but that was followed the night before by like a great night out in Leeds. And the morning of that game, I remember it. We were in a cafe having breakfast, full English breakfast. And as I leave the cafe, my ticket was in my back pocket, or I thought it was, and it wasn't. And I was like, "Oh no, I've lost my ticket. This is an absolute nightmare." So I walked back over the dual carriageway that we'd like hopped a fence to to go and my ticket was just in the street it was just oh, still there God. for about like, like an hour i couldn't it was like it was a, a gift from a deity above or something like that i couldn't believe it and i just remember it like it was yesterday as well and little silly little things like that that just make you like look back and smile and you know if anyone's listening to this i'd even just go out of their way just to write down some of these memories mm. just to like you'll just think to yourself man how much i enjoyed that um, so that was another really standout high moment for me as well. Um, and some some of like other games, like we've played Forest um, or, or or even County when we were in the League One season. I went to those games away, and because Hooters is kind of the the unofficial away pub, yes. um, the police coming in, um, telling everyone to quiet down, and it sounds so silly. But the second they left, the noise started again and it just brought this massive smile on my face. And there was nothing like, you know, nothing untoward about it. It wasn't like glasses were being smashed or anything like that. But it's just that football atmosphere that you can't you can't replicate um, in any other kind of environment other than an away game. It's brilliant. And I, th- I think this is it, really. It's, it's those, And this is what we're getting over on, on the series here. Everybody has memories in terms of their football experience. Everybody's supported the club and has had these sort of tales to tell, you know, that these little incidents, particularly on, on, on away games as well. And it really is, it really is great to hear. Um, I've got to ask you, Matt, because I think you, you were telling me before we, we did this, didn't you have a time working at the walls as well at one stage? Yeah. So that was my, that was my kind of in, um, mm. to be able to watch a lot of the game without having to pay for it, basically. So, um, we used to get to watch the first half of the first half uh, and then the second half of the second half usually. So I got to watch 45 minutes of football for free. Um, and there's a couple of funny incidents I, I can really recall. So one of them, well, not so funny really, no look back on it. Um, but do you remember when Cardiff were at Molyneux and there was uh, loads of arrests and there was loads of... Yeah. Um, so I was working in the Steve Ball Lower at the time, which oh. was the away section. And when you go in through the steeple lower, there's a kiosk to the immediate right as you walk through those big doors. I was working on that kiosk and then the alcohol bar was up the slope mm. and further on. Now, what would happen is um, at the end of the game, the per- in that kiosk, all the money you'd have to take to the far end of the other side of the stand. Now, it wasn't like in a tube that goes up in a pipe and goes. <laughs> it was literally in a swag bag. And I had to run 
And if anyone knows what I look like, I'm I'm great over ten yards. After that, I'm not <laughs> I'm not the quickest runner. I had to go through all of this Cardiff um, pandemonium, police and everything, with this mm-hmm. swag bag of money, just fearing for my life and thinking to myself, like, who, who, you know, I'm saving, I'm paying, being paid £14 a game here, running through the whole of this crowd. And I just remember absolute pandemic. They were like, banging on the shutters and all sorts. Um, so I just remember that really, really vividly. And w- one of the other memories I have from um, working um, at the Molyneux, again, Steve Ball lower, when Man United came in the Premier League. Um, and they were giving me and my friend dogs abuse, real dogs abuse. Mm-hmm. And um, some guy was, I mean, he was clearly drunk and, 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 and what have you, but he, um, he'd had a hot dog and he was just giving us loads and he, and he wanted tomato sauce on it, basically. Now, he doesn't know the tomato sauce is on the wall behind with all the plastic forks <laughs> and whatever. He puts his hand under what he thinks is a sauce dispenser, presses the button, leans over the counter, and it's the button for the hot water. Oh, and, God. and he just, he just he, he just yells, throws his hot dog in the air, and just starts screaming at our know, obscenities. We haven't said a thing. Uh, it might be liable in a court of law, maybe. But um, and the stewards who we were really really close with worked really really well with. They just saw what was going on, carted him away, and we just had a little chuck. It felt like justice and karma had uh, befell this guy. It's brilliant because I, I mean, you, that's what I was going to ask you really was who was the worst behaved fans and who were the best behaved fans. Um, but you can't, you kind of answered that one in the worst. Um, I remember, um, I remember Norwich got, uh, when Norwich came, they were really, really pleasant, really mm-hmm. pleasant to be there. And I know there's um, this rivalry with Norwich, that's, this kind yeah, of thing, but this, but they, they were, they were really, really nice. I had yeah. no, absolutely no issues. And that was a really cool good thing about working at Steve Ball though because it was always away fans for the majority of this season it was always um banter and a bit of bit of backwards and forwards but they were generally everyone was having a good time they were an away game whereas I have served Robert Plant before in the Billy Wright upper mm. um uh, you know that was kind of it was like being the bottom deck of the Titanic to painting Kate Winslet do you know what I mean it was just <laughs> it was that was like the, tr- the treats yeah. every so often you got to work the Billy Wright but no I loved working at Molyneux and um if it wasn't, unfortunately, the biggest payday, I'd have done it for a little longer. But, uh, yeah, it was great. Really, really enjoyed working there. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, no, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, as I say, in terms of this series, this is really in its infancy. So we really want to get you on board. So if you want to share your story like that as today, and this is this is what we're looking for. And hopefully um, it's giving you some, some fun um, content to listen to um, during lockdown. Um, just, just before we go, um, obviously this is a series which is part of the fan cast. There's lots going on with the fan cast, which me and Matt are proudly part of at the moment. We're doing an alternative um, Hall of Fame, so you can listen to those episodes. Um, so there's loads of content out, out there. Um, Matt, anything up to, to close on? No, just um, everybody just look after yourself, guys, and you know, do whatever makes you happy and try not to get yourselves down too much and... Obviously, we're going to pump out as much content as we can to give you guys that Wolves fix that you need until we're back rocking and rolling. So take it easy. Yeah, from us both then. I think Matt's hit the nail on the head. Uh, Stay safe, uh, stay well, and uh, we'll see you soon.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.